This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And I have a lot of projects. That's the topic this episode. I know some people that have topics. <laughs> projects. I know some people who have uh, one project. And they do their one project. And that's it. You know, that's good enough. It's been on the back burner. They're looking at it as a kind of, you know, okay, I'm retired now. I have time to do this thing. You know, it's a, it's a hobby. Uh, and two, that's a bit sort of vicious and cutting. But, uh, you know, that's fine. There are people who, for them, it's a hobby. And uh, I wrestle with that. I go, uh, it is possible to, to break in and to make it happen, but, you know, there's a lot of pressure that's got to be applied and, uh, in order to make it happen. Of course, right now I'm thinking, no, sometimes the stars align, you know, serendipity, right? Everything just works out. Uh, but I can say that's not... That's not happening in my camp. I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that guy where it's easy peasy. <clears throat> uh, yes, but uh, wow! Just to have one project, you get it out of your system, and that's it. You know, that's it. It's over. It's good enough. I have multiple projects. I have things that I wrote a long time ago that are still valuable to me, that there's still something going on. There's this, um, if you know Harry Potter, there's these uh, horcruxes, which are these um, parts of one's uh, soul or spirit or psyche that are broken up and then placed in different parts, different areas, different objects. And it kind of feels like that, but not in such a weird way. But, uh... There's also... Uh... There's also, say, differences in, in the writing styles, because... The early manuscripts are... Mm, like, say, I have a, a science fiction novella... <coughs> novella and... I keep looking at it and going, you know, oh yeah, it'd be great to go back, do this thing. And on one hand, there's a question of, well, why not? And uh, the answer is that what I'm working on now uh, trumps that, right? It is... Uh, more important. And it just it just makes sense in a lot of ways <clears throat> because going back um, I've got to apply a lot of uh, I, ha I say I have new tools uh, there's no real problem with that, there's no real problem with going back and 
it feels more like it's about time and time situation the counter argument is uh, was it time management and just making the time that there's always the time to, to go and do these things So the response back, I, and to for myself, I can say that it's it's you know I am in the way of that happening. So these multiple projects. They're all fiction. Uh, <clears throat> different. Uh, different genres, uh, different different lengths. One of them I'm looking at is a, a trilogy. That as as I've gone through, just to to check what the editing is going to be like, I can see that these three manuscripts e- will easily be cut down into one. Uh, and my plan is to mix points of view so that that these three stories are going to be happening at the same time that particular project is set in a kind of proto fantasy world like I was just starting to work with my fantasy world which as I've gone along more and more it's that it's this reflection of my own uh, psyche, or a way to kind of operate within it. But at the time when I was writing the, this uh, trilogy, I didn't, I didn't have things fleshed out. It's fairly surface. Uh, there is an internal um, conflict going on with these. Uh, characters. I think the big change is that I wasn't aware of multiple drafts, and so that's that's a big uh, skill that I would be bringing to that project. Some other projects are movie scripts, screenplays. Uh, television pilots and I'm looking at those as uh, potential um, novellas and short stories as a way to salvage them rather than uh, rather than just sort of abandoning them uh, each, each time I go into one of these stories I take a look you know the, the there's something there, there's something important. I spent time working on it, so why, uh, why let those go? I'm envious of people who uh, were, were really committed to submitting and uh, sending out their stuff. And I, I look at that and I wonder, the other, the other side of it, the equation, though, is that 
um, if you don't have the, the skill set to edit your own stuff, it shows. On the flip side, there are, you know, the, the pulp writers, or say, Asimov, um, who Asimov said that he would just fire out this stuff, and, and sometimes it would stick. A lot of the times it wouldn't. I think Ray Bradbury said it too, that it's about, um, it's not about quality, it's about quantity. Which is a little bit heartbreaking, because you could sort of spend your time on the quality. And I do see this on, on Twitter, that there, there are a few that will invest a lot of time uh, editing. And they'll be doing multiple drafts and uh, honing their craft so that, the, that a project gets to the point... Good morning. Uh, that it is more viable. I do think, though, that there are still people out there who will... uh, who can sit down in a first draft and... who can sit down in a first draft and... uh, make it happen. One of the techniques is is that you say do your ten pages a day, and then you go and you edit that ten pages quite viciously. You know that you are quite serious about uprooting uh, potentially everything that you've done, cleaning it up. That you, yeah, that you're the reader then versus the writer. Uh, and you are the editor, uh, and and the story editor as well. That's a skill that I, I don't really have. I'll try it, and I'll keep veering, veering off. Why? Because I'm having such a great time. <laughs> I'll get curious about a character, say, and I'll end up, you know, going off and reading up on, um, I think it's a Maltese tiger, it was just the other day I was looking at Maltese tigers, that there's this rumor of them, that they're these blue tigers, and they're not really blue, they're, it's a grey colour, but it's close enough that people will go... It's blue. So, uh, a blessing and a curse. And, uh, what my hope is, what I would like to happen, is that I have, that I'm juggling, that I have multiple projects open all the time. And that I'm working on these every day. That I give a bit of time to each of these projects every day. And it's possible. 
but there, there's this uh, wrestle, wrestling that happens, that, and, and there's this um, prioritization that happens as well. Um, for, uh, for example, say, working on this uh, sequel. Morning. And working on the sequel, and that in my mind, I'm saying it, that saying I'm thinking, going, this is, you know, that there's more potential here than the other projects. I don't know about you, but I will go in sort of these bursts and. It's like this daily burst, um, a surge forward, and I would like to be doing a lot more. So I'm sort of thinking, is it possible to have a process whereby all of these projects are happening at the same time? And that say, you know, I, I get bored on working on the sequel, then I can go off and work on a short story, or I can go off and work on something else. And just slowly moving everything forward. But again, time management. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a difficulty. I've talked about it before, about uh, cutting, sort of cutting off different things that are not uh, assisting. And it could be uh, situations, obligations, relationships. Uh, I managed to get rid of television, but not the internet. And so I still find myself uh, getting sucked into um, internet stuff. I suspect, too, that even if I managed to get rid of the internet at home, I would be going out somewhere else, you know, to, to use Wi-Fi and get distracted. I do have a computer that's not hooked up to the, com the internet, so it's just, it's dedicated. But still, that's, uh, that's not enough, and uh, there's the ongoing frustration that, you know, things, things are not happening um, fast enough. I have the time, but I don't have the, I guess it's the discipline, uh, and too good to be aware of it, but I, I'm sure that that's a common dilemma. And two, tuning into Twitter, it seems to be this frustration of even just sitting down and nothing happens. I mean, you sit down, you know, and you're, you're, you've got your hands on the keyboard and you're pushing and you're looking at, you know, what you're supposed to write or what you're supposed to edit. And it's just not happening. multiple projects. One interesting thing that has come out of multiple projects is this kind of 
cross-pollinization, where characters, places, um, scenes will get shared, and there will be this moving back and forth. <clears throat> And I have, um, I have things like, say, I wrote, I had a villain character uh, that was in a science fiction pilot. So I had this concept. I had a series Bible. I had the first episode. I, I did a bunch of research about it. <clears throat> and... What, what I came away with was this character called the Dodo, uh, who was originally was this evil alien um, illusionist. And that character carried over and I used in, uh, in the book. And it was very, it was very natural. It wasn't forced. It was. Uh, I remember reaching this point and going, I need some kind of antagonist. And the this uh, alien dodo illusionist was right at the top of the list. That there was something quite disturbing about this character. <clears throat> Another situation that has developed because there's these multiple projects is is a question of whether or like say are they are they all under one roof it, <clears throat> are they all set can they all be set can they be rewritten in a way that they're all in my uh, fantasy world and and some of them uh, are. Some, I'm looking at some of the projects this morning and going, uh, yeah, they can be. They, these are easily uh, adapted. Why do this? Uh, a sense of continuity? So say, people pick it up and go, oh yeah, so this is set in the same universe, the same fantasy world. That there's something that joins them, or connects them. Uh, that said, uh, I was just tuning in to Diana Wynne Jones, who there's a couple series, but in a way they're not series. One of them is the the Castle books. And it uh, starts with Howl's Moving Castle. And then there's a, there's a sequel. But it doesn't have the same characters in it. It has some references. Um, it's sort of like set in the same city. This fantasy world city. 
or close to it. But it, and and two, it's sold as the sequel. I checked, and it says you know the, the sequel to Howl's Moving Castle, and I'd, I'm going okay. Well, where's Howl? Where's the Moving Castle? And we don't we don't get that. Instead, we get uh, different characters. I would even say younger characters. We go from something that say is in the uh, young adult to middle grade. So the sequel is in middle grade. And then the third book in this series apparently goes back to, and I still have yet to read it, but uh, it goes back to uh, Howell and the... It's weird that I... I it's probably because Howell is in the title, but uh, there's a female protagonist. <clears throat> It, what it feels like is she wrote the story and then released it, like say, let go of it to allow the publishers to do what they want, and that Howells was such a success, say after the Japanese animation, that they, they sort of attached, you know, they went sort of, okay, well, this is the sequel, even though it has nothing to do with the first book, right? That that was sort of my pain. I was like, this has nothing to do with the first book. I guess, too, that they're hoping that the audience... It, it's, it's kind of not fair, because I'm not, you know, I'm not a young adult, I'm not middle grade... What the heck am I doing reading these books, right? And, and two, does a series have to be... Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, pretty soon. Just checking the time. Uh, a, a series doesn't have to be um, to follow uh, one, one uh, uh, book at a time. Because she does this other series called Crestomancy that is all over the map. Right. So, multiple projects. Is there... I... I it, it feels like the, the part of it is there's a danger. Part of it is uh, writing for oneself. And let's say there, there's this pleasure there. But then when you're writing for others, say editing and, and considering others, that... It's less appealing. Um, a number of things have to go on. You have to be open to uh, critique. You have to be open listening, having an ear, and also you have to be... say that you have your vision. Um, 
but you're open to collaboration. Uh, to improvement, like say, you know, can you judge whether it's actually improved or if it's gone in such a different direction? Uh, Rod Serling. I read a Rod Serling biography. And there was a quote, several quotes about his frustration in dealing with television executives. And just to translate, you can, sort of, you can, you can think of um, publisher, agent, who wants to do something like broaden the demographic or take it in a take it in a way that you're not uh, that you don't want the the flip side is say you're working on something and you don't have the what's it called you don't have the stuff you don't have the like say in my case it feels like I'm quite you know it's possible easily possible for me to go off and to create something that is uh, inaccessible and the that the structure side of things is put to the wayside I've improved, but I still have still have a soft spot for just you know wow let's have a great time let's uh, let's have a bath in the imagination go for a swim in the ocean of imagination <clears throat> and so that th- that can become um, a detriment. A part of it too is that we're not machines, um, and th- there's a kind of mechani- mechanistic uh, quality to to editing. There's actually uh, books. Uh, AI have started to create books, uh, and it's hit and miss. It's there was one that was from. Harry Potter that was the this advanced computer program is sampling from Harry Potter um, to create a new uh, version of Harry Potter and it's it's funny and it's bizarre but it's a it's kind of like a a look at where things are going. And there, there is a quality there of, say, getting it just, just right, figuring out exactly what it is um, that will sell. And perhaps even more so, uh, doing things like product placement, 
you know, f- figuring out uh, so that novels become um, elaborate advertisements for you know, corporate political uh, agendas. Which is a which is a you know on one hand is a frightening thought, but then it really is already happening. It's it's just that the the computer element is not as um, magnified because we, you know we're already doing that. We've already got uh, our uh, agendas at work. So, multiple projects. So I, I have them arrayed. Like, say, I have, I have them clearly set out and, uh, and waiting. But it, it's, it's just that the efficiency irks me. It's highly inefficient. <clears throat> and... Just to sort of just to flip this around, uh, an old uh, artist friend would talk about uh, the their paintings, their projects, and they one sort of sly comment because we were talking about uh, the treasure of one's uh, self with a capital S, and this. Uh, psychological notion that within us is this experience of wholeness oneness and just where we feel you know okay and so he so this friend was saying that he he only works on one thing at a time with a capital o for one as in oneness and I, I quite like the notion. Part of me wishes, though, that it was um, more of a balance, because it, it does feel like there's this offset, that there's more um, creativity than uh, the commercial. So perhaps this is this is to say that I haven't I haven't sold out completely yet. <laughs> I have only I've only taken the first step at selling out. By God, I will sell out completely. But uh, looking at these multiple projects, I, I constantly am, like, say, coming back, attempting to arrange them and, and see if there's a way if there's some kind of efficient way that I can tackle these is it about doing them one at a time uh, no uh, not for the way I work uh, is it possible to stagger them throughout a, a day you know, that I sort of schedule, okay, I'm going to work on this, and then this, and then this. Uh, I, again, 
you know, all best attention, intention. This, I do not pull this off. This does not happen. One beautiful thing, though, is that, say, they stand as works that are uh, influential. That say, I'll go off, I'll work on them, and then I'll come back, and it will influence my writing um, currently. There was one writer, uh, a Canadian, on Twitter, and he was quite intense. Um, uh, what he what he wanted was, I think there was a slogan. Uh, no, no manuscript left behind, something like that. And I, I sort of had trouble with that because if if you do look at it as that you're only working on one thing at a time. That those notions of oh, you know, those are those are um, different projects. That uh, there's say these divisions between them, versus it's all you know one thing. And I think that that's what I'm trying to achieve with by linking these stories together and saying that they are set in the same world, same fantasy world, and that we'll have characters that sort of cross over and it could even be with sitting down, say, with a short story looking at it and going, oh this is perfect for such and such a character so this adaptation that's moving towards um, a sense of continuity what is continuity? Uh, when you're watching a movie and you you know you have one shot then you go to the next shot but somebody has something has changed or somebody has left a coffee cup uh like say it's a it's a space opera and all of a sudden there's a corporate coffee cup there and there's all these kind of questions it's like well why would there be you know, this coffee in space, is this happening at the same time? And we just happen to have corporate uh, Starbucks, whatever. Got to come up with a different, <laughs> some other company. Tim Hortons, there we go. Uh, Tim Hortons is this Canadian uh, donut coffee place that I think they were bought out by an American company. And, you know, amidst all the grumbling, it's like, really, it's, you know, well, you know, good for them. The, the people, you know, Canada creates something, sells it, gets some, get some money. Huzzah. Uh, I think one of the biggest frustrations is seeing this potential a growing potential that there are these projects 
uh, you could argue and say, well, they're not ready. Um, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll sit down with it and I'll make notes about how to spin it. Like I mentioned, that trilogy, which I, I can see now, it's, it's three generations of the same character. Uh, like, say, the character as a child, then as an adult, and then as an old person. But I can see the potential of spinning it as uh, three generations in a family. A son, a father, and then a grandfather. There's growth there too, because I seem to be writing a lot of female uh, characters. I was even just sitting down uh, outlining... I think for the second or third time, um, outline a, st a structure for a story that is just, it's all females. There's no males. And going back, though, to the trilogy that I wrote a while ago with these uh, three male characters, that, yeah, th there's a different mindset going on. So it's sort of a return to something and hopefully with fresh eyes and uh, experience. It feels like it should be... It, keep, it keeps feeling like, uh, time-wise right now, <clears throat> that, I'm, that it's much later, later than it is. Because we're only halfway through the episode. <clears throat> but I feel as though I'm... Uh, I'm at the end of the episode. So multiple projects. So this is a good argument to be only working on one project at a time so that you don't have this build up. Some of the projects seem like they are experiments or uh, exploration uh, to come back to. So say I'm <clears throat> exploring, and then I'm going to return, and I'm going to, I'm going to. Uh, or it could be, I'm getting something out of my system. That there's something that I, I I've got to deal with. And I, I had that happen last year. I went off and did a manuscript for a novel, just first draft, but it really took me out of my headspace, and it was something that I wanted to do. It was very fresh, and so I, I, when I returned, that sort of I felt, you know, inspired, and was see, seeing things in a kind of a different light. <clears throat> There's an argument against this, that it's, it's a waste of time, and which is getting kind of into the robotic, mechanical side of things that, you know, oh, to be disciplined, that we should be just... Uh, focused 
on one uh, one project at a time. What's what's the problem with that? Perhaps that's the, what the difference is. It's, um, I have always used writing. I, I think a lot of us do is sort of like this self-expression. But then, and then the difficulty comes when you say want to, want to use that, and uh, so you want to take that self-expression and um, sell it, right? Uh, all of a sudden, it it changes. You know, it's not about this self-expression anymore, and it's about. Uh, a story in in the in the sense of uh, an internal conflict, uh, which is a weird thing because say you know you express something and there is a lot of internal personally there's a lot of internal conflict going on that's that's the kind of gold. The storytelling, the goal and the gold, is to is to nail that down. You know what is that internal conflict, and to be able to present it. But if we're just focused on you know being a machine, cranking this stuff out, and Uh, the paycheck that it's there in the telling that people walk away and say they might not like you know the genre the story but that they would come away and that they would sort of say you know oh I appreciate the amount of work that went into it right they care the detail whatever grandmother has this, or had this, saying, uh, whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve. But there's all kinds of difficulties there, because what if it's, what if it's something that um, you don't want to, like say, what if it's something that is not in your best interest or not in society's best interest but you want right so I found it an odd uh, comment but if I take it and if I if I steer you know using that statement right okay if I put my mind to it I can achieve it Also, too, what is the what is the point of it? The the why of doing it? Because I have this uh, this giant, you know, it's this collection 
of uh, manuscripts. So, what is what is the purpose of it? Um, doing something you love, right? Doing something you enjoy. That's part of it. And then getting into the um, the cultural part of it. That that there is a purpose. Like sto- that storytellers have a value, and that they prop up, they educate and entertain. Um, you can argue that education, education systems, that you know, really. It's about storytelling. It's about sort of sharing this information, engaging, uh, finding ways to to make it matter, to you know, say, to communicate. All right, so we're wrapping things up. Talking about multiple projects. I've tried all kinds of uh, time management ideas like breaking them up to days of the week, things like that. Um, most recently I, I tried doing a um, 10 pages a day and it didn't even last. Uh, I, th- I think it lasted maybe like two days, and then it was off the rails and looking at a different project. It, it seems to have to do with mood as well, that uh, I have projects that will, depending on my state of mind, like say if I'm in a, if I'm in a really doom and gloom state of mind, I, I go and work on this uh, sci-fi story uh, about uh, surviving m- mass extinction or not <laughs> you know this theme this argument should we survive plus two all the intricacies of Oh, that's great. You know, you have your, you have your ideas. You have your interesting situation. What's it called? It's, uh, something about the um, the premise, right? There's your premise, your hook. But then there's then there's just the telling of the story. And and the weird moments of sitting there, uh, where you actually are thinking about the characters. Like they're real people. Like you've spent so much time on this that you that you can imagine them. You know, for me, I've had moments where I have their voices, right? That I can, I have, you know, that quality, the resonance. I think another thing going on for me is. Um, as far as prioritization 
is that some of the stories are really personally important and that there's something that there's something important going on difficult as well that um, that it's uh, not uh, easily uh, talked about so I find myself um, I guess it's uh, being uh, attracted to certain projects and what has uh, importance relevance seem to go in phases as well. I will have phases where I am very business. I have phases where um, I'm able to do social things. Uh, and then phases where I'm in the cave and uh, looking, looking into the whatever, the, you know, the well, the mine shaft working on the uh, mining the gold And one thing that bothers me is that it is possible that these projects will, that there will be only a few that actually make it, that, hmm. also too, I sort of want to say that, that there's this kind of sprouting or, or that, or branching off and that one has informed the other that that it's not about oh some manuscripts make it and others don't but that they are all interconnected and that one has inspired the other which I like the notion but I still view them as different and unique and oh what it would what would it be like to what would it be like to spend some time with the manuscript and not um, not have the uh, the burden, I guess. But there is this sense of prioritization where that also has to do with which one is the most um, possible, which one has the most, like say, thinking about the readership and going, you know, which one is going to um, be able to do that. Like, for example, the, the trilogy I was mentioning, editing it, edit, editing it down 
to one manuscript, a 300-page book, and uh, how much work has to go into that, and is it going to be a story that people have to read? I have to read, yeah, kind of have to, right? That somebody says to them, man, you've got to read this book. Oh, this is the book to read. That's still a question for me is, oh my God, how do you do that? But but still looking at things that are... Um, And to just that general confusion of, you know, you could, you could spend your whole life cranking this stuff out and that it doesn't get appreciated, that it, you know, it, that it never sells, <laughs> not even small press or not even um, self-publishing, right? That there's this sort of, there's this difficulty that you're left with and... At the end of the day, there's got to be this feeling of that that one has gotten out of it. That we sort of, okay, I I achieved what I wanted to achieve. That it's not about, yeah. So I think I think that that's what I'm sort of summing things up is talking about. It's about the making of the book. And then if you want to get into goals of uh, publishing and sales figures after that, that that's later. But sort of, you know, just creating the work first, that that's, that's what the goal is. And having a personal sense of accomplishment, like I said, walking away, and that that you have that feeling of it's like, oh, I'm very pleased with this, regardless of what anybody else thinks, right? Going, wow, yeah, I got something out of that, and that was a fantastic journey. Let's do it again. six minutes left to, to wander this, this neighborhood and to talk. Um, okay, so what would make it uh, more feasible to, uh, to be successful? Uh, like, say, one's own success, Set, sort of setting these standards. So for myself, that it would be having these multiple projects and getting them out to share them uh, it is it is a tough thing though because it is it is uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, 
I was hoping that I could s- sneak past the uh, three-headed dog. Right, so... Just wandering through an alleyway that is... Uh, it's actually interesting, you know, being at the, um, seeing these backyards and these various states of decay. Because, you know, of course the front yard is sort of this presentation. I think it's one beautiful thing about self-publishing is that you know that we are able to get stuff out and that and 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 sorry to self publishers but there's this lowered sense of uh, expectation you know this is not a professional job and yet there are there are professionals who are self publishing there are um folks who are willing to put in the time and the money uh in order to like these, the front of the houses, make them, you know, approachable and presentable. I, I'm still, I'm still in this limbo as well of um, the. Uh, the Faustian uh, bargain. What do I mean by that? That that there is a kind of framework or there's a kind of um, generic quality to a lot of uh, published works. And there's this, this weighing and balancing of, oh, too much description, oh, too much dialogue. Finding this kind of, a, I guess, a Goldilocks zone in, uh, in publishing. I guess, too, it's about, say, yeah, it's about finding, finding your place. And... I'm still, I'm still wandering about. I'm still baffled. Because I have something, but it still feels like it's in the terrain of not for general, um, I want to say consensus, but I don't mean that. I mean that... Also, too, over the last while, clarifying what exactly it is that I'm that I'm working on. So these all these uh, multiple projects have that um, they are put into a kind of focus that they didn't quite have before, and that there's a, a greater sense of um, purpose.
but I'm, I'm still, I'm still stuck with uh, multiple projects and lacking in discipline and, uh, just, uh, just generally, uh, shifting things around and going, well, what is, what is going to make it happen? Can you make it happen? Uh, So that's that's something that changes. It has, yeah, it has sort of changed my attitude, because uh, you know, say, what if you have this project that you want to do, and you know, nobody touches it, then uh, why not? Why not self-publish? Why not put it out there? I guess I just want to leave it with the question of, of the purpose of it. Like, say, what what defines its success, and can't can't it exist without without say commerce or pr- critical praise? Just thinking of something like the Hugo Awards that. It, it was the community that uh, create these awards to sort of to validate and say, you know, well, we really like what this person has done. And of course, the industry is right there. You know, publishers heralding, you know, the author or the work, heralding, praising. And, and there is that conundrum there of um, it, it ought not define us, uh, and yet it does. It ought not be the, you know, the, the measure, um, you know, but still, we're, and too, I'm speaking of myself, that sort of, I, I'm waiting for that moment where I'm going, okay. Right, <laughs> I am complete. Um, not being this uh, what is it? These multiple projects, right? Okay, there we go. Thanks for listening. Take care.